He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis, Cats at Night, and the number one show at 5 o'clock. And uh, we have uh, some great show for you today. And uh, in the studio, we have two... One common-sense Democrat today, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. Two common-sense Republicans, Craig Eaton, a prominent attorney and GOP leader, and and he was a GOP chair in uh, Brooklyn for 10 years, and Chief, Chief Tony Carbonetti. How are you, John? Chief of Staff to, uh, for eight years to Rudy Giuliani, and uh, thank you guys for being here, and we'll try to... Put things together and see uh, what makes sense. I'm glad we outnumbered the Democrats tonight because last week I was outnumbered. I haven't. Two Democrats against me. I can't wait till Friday. (laughs) There are no Republicans in the room. It's just Governor Patterson. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my sidekick here, Lydia Serrano. We have a great show today. Absolutely. We will be speaking with Reverend Al Cockfield. Mm -hmm. uh, He's a COO at God's Battalion of Prayer Ministries in Brooklyn. He's going to be talking to us about how to... Basically get New York back on track. Then we'll be speaking with Bert Flickinger. He's a finance financial expert to talk to us about the baby formula shortage and more. Charles Gasparino, let's we'll, we'll talk obviously about Biden and his plan to combat inflation. George Pataki will be talking about the governor's race. But first on the line, we have Professor Alan Dershowitz, just a couple of uh, decades at Harvard Law, constitutional expert. And he's our friend here at Cats at Night. It's Tuesday. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Professor Dershowitz. Hey, and I'm glad. The evening out the number of Democrats and Republicans. Thanks, Alan, Alan, for being here. Thank you. Never Democrat for so many years. But, you know, Biden today on television said uh, to the Republicans, young Republicans, remember, this is not your father's Republican Party. What he failed to say to young Democrats. My father's a Democrat. Not your father's Democratic Party. That's right. Amen to that. It's a different party. It's a completely different party. And that's why I feel homeless. I can't belong to the Democratic Party that picked as the president's spokesperson a woman who is virulently anti-Israel. I can't belong to a Democratic Party that has, uh, uh, you know, people like the squad on it and people who want to take away American values and want to cancel people. And I can't belong to the Republican Party because I support a woman's right to choose abortion. I support gay marriage. And I support a range of liberal policies, so I'm homeless. Thank you for putting me on your show, because here I have a home. (laughs) You always have a home with us, uh, Alan. Professor Dershowitz, although we may differ on our politics when it comes to abortion, I think we can all agree that protesting, uh, picketing, parading, uh, undermining democracy outside of judges' homes and trying to interfere with the decision process, it's against the law. It's, uh, what is it, U.S. Code 18? 18 U.S.C. 1507. And, uh, you know, whether whether it's legal or illegal and there are arguments on all sides about the First Amendment and all of that, it's just wrong. You don't go in front of people's houses. You don't interfere their dinners and scream at them when they're having dinner. And that's something the left has been doing more and more. And they've been saying over and over again, this is not the time for politeness. Look at what happened at Yale when they were trying to have a reasonable discussion at the Yale Law School about various issues. And students disrupted it and said, no, we don't want that to happen here. When I was invited to Harvard Law School, I taught for 50 years, they had to move my speech off campus for fear that it would be disrupted by violent protests uh, because I dared to defend the president of the United States against an unconstitutional impeachment. 
Professor, this is Craig Eaton. You know what's even more concerning is the fact that they disseminated the addresses of the Supreme Court justices out into the public. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. And it's for and, everybody to have now. That. Everybody has it. Yeah. yeah Alan, yeah. And, and they're going to give them the phone numbers out, and they're going to, you know, they're going to do all of that. And, and, you know, Justice Alito, who's the nicest, nicest man in the world, you couldn't get a nicer guy. He and his family are now, uh, according to Jonathan Turley, in hiding. They're afraid to come out. And when you're afraid for your own family, just doing your job. Look, I disagree with his uh, opinion in, in the case that's now before the Supreme Court. So I'll write an article about it. So I'll go on your show and talk about it. But the idea of threatening people's families and going in front of their homes and making their lives miserable, uh, that's terrible. It happened to me on Martha's Vineyard where Larry David uh, starts screaming at me and yelling at me. I was sitting and having a decent conversation with a friend of mine on the porch of the Chilmart store. But because I had defended Trump and because I put my arm around Mike Pompeo, congratulating him on the work he had done on the Abraham Accords in Israel, Larry David, afternoon and and didn't allow me to have a conversation with my friends. Professor Dershowitz, the fact that the Biden administration is not only not condemning the protests, it almost seems like they're encouraging it. Uh, I don't want, I want you to take a listen to what the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki just said a short time ago. So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date. And we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes. And that's the president's position. So that's that's her, what, what that's is her she, position. What is she encouraging? The violation, she violation of law? She picketing in front of the I don't judges. think she misspoke. I think she made a mistake. I can't imagine that she actually said we encourage demonstrations outside of she misspoke. But I can't be sure. Um, but that's outrageous. You should not encourage demonstrations outside of people's homes um, uh, about issues of public policy. There's plenty of opportunity to protest in front of the Supreme Court. There are, there are places right. to protest in front of the Supreme Court, exactly in front of Congress, right. in front okay. of the White House. Yeah, yeah but why isn't uh, judge, the judge who's now the Attorney General of the United States, who should know better, why isn't he enforcing he the law? Why isn't he taking a stand? Yes, I agree. Look, the only person in politics whose house you can go in front of and protest is the president of the United States, because the White House is, is our house. But you can't go in front of somebody's house in Chevy Chase uh, and, and legitimately protest. You may have, you know, the First Amendment issue is a complicated one. Um, there is a statute, and the First Amendment looks the other way. But whichever way that goes out, the president of the United States and Saki ought to say, please, those of you who listen to us, don't protest in front of people's houses. Don't disrupt their don't do all the things that some people on the left are now doing. But you know what, Professor? The, the White House says it's okay. The Speaker of the House praised pro-abortion agitators across America, saying they had channeled their righteous anger into meaningful action. Yeah. I, I and understand. look what happened in the summer, last summer, when it uh, burned down um, uh, uh, cars and, and blocked access to courthouses. And the administration treated them much, much differently than they treat capital. You can't have two different standards. It's a double standard. And what about Mayor Lightfoot calling to arms, literally tweeting out saying that 
They are, she literally tweeted out a call to arms. This is their chance to fight, to fight back. I mean, could you imagine if a conservative had tweeted something like that out? Actually, inci- it sounds we, like to me like she's inciting an insurrection. Riot, yeah. We know what happened. We know what happened. We know that the president of the United States made a speech, which I disagree with, but which he said peacefully and uh, protest. And um, many professors, led by Professor Lawrence Tribe, former colleague, um, said that was not protected by the First Amendment and that it was an impeachable offense. Uh, you can't have a different standard for the right and the left, whether for impeachment, we, for we, we all agree, or even for moral judgments. We all agree. Uh, uh, Professor Dershowitz, thank you so much for coming on. we got a bad connection. Let's, uh, uh, let's talk again real soon, and, and uh, we Great. love talking thank to you. you. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks. Uh, a few uh, minutes ago, a few minutes ago, you spoke with Roger Stone. Let's see, let's take a listen. What to is today is Roger Stone, and uh, he is a, quite a famous guy. He ran, uh, helped run Richard Nixon's campaign, Ronald Reagan's campaign, Jack Kemp, Bob Dole, George Bush's, and Donald Trump's. And uh, how are you today, Roger? God, John, you make me sound like I was the head of youth for Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you didn't uh, have a top hat like that, though. Uh, no, but I wish, but I wish I did. Yeah, give us a, an update. Uh, what the heck is going on with all this January sixth stuff? It's really quite extraordinary, as I've said on your program before. Um, I know nothing whatsoever about the illegal acts of January sixth. I was in Washington on the fifth and sixth. On the fifth, I spoke at a legally permitted public event. Um, my comments are posted online. There's nothing inappropriate about them. Certainly never advocated lawlessness or illegality, but I did express my First Amendment right to question the outcome of the election. On the 6th, I wasn't at the ellipse for the president's speech. I did not march to the Capitol. I was not at the Capitol, and I literally know nothing whatsoever about it. Unfortunately, ABC News and the January 6th committee, using the technique of guilt by association, keeps uh, trying to insist that I must know something about this when, in fact, I know nothing. Uh, I was subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. I elected to assert my Fifth Amendment rights, not to answer their questions, because I have firsthand experience with the House Democrats' ability to take statements that are innocuous or irrelevant or immaterial and twist that into a crime. I was, John, as you might remember, looking at seven to nine years in prison for lying about Russian collusion, which we now know definitively never actually happened. How do you lie about something that didn't happen? Uh, So it was a witch hunt. Uh, I thank uh, the Lord that I'm able to be with you today. But the harassment of me and my family just continues and it's because of their ultimate target. It is not Roger Stone. It's Donald Trump. Is the Justice Department and justice system uh, have a, a two different methods of treating uh, the American people, whether you're a Democrat or Republican? Well, let's just say that I went out and doxed uh, the liberal members of the Supreme Court. And I published their home addresses and urged people to go there and protest. I bet 29 heavily armed FBI agents would swarm my home at six o'clock in the morning to arrest me for that. And the idea solitary confinement. 
No question about it. The idea that liberal activists can dox the court and that there are uh, there are demonstrations meant to intimidate the justices outside their homes, which is specifically illegal under federal law, and the Justice Department, FBI, do nothing about it. And President Biden won't even denounce it as wrong when it's illegal. He's supposed to be the chief law enforcement officer of the nation in his capacity as president, uh, but he looks the other way. So if I doxed, oh, I don't know, Adam Schiff tomorrow, they would arrest me. We have a double standard of justice. But if we didn't have a two-tiered standard of justice, they would have no standards whatsoever. Well, it's very, very sad. Uh, Tell us uh, uh, what else is going on in our country. Uh, There's a lot of primaries right now that the Republican Party, they're fighting amongst themselves, Uh, especially in Pennsylvania, uh, where Dr. Oz, supported by President Trump, is at odds with uh, another gentleman that's running for for Senate. Uh, What say you what's going on in Pennsylvania? Well, uh, there is overall within the Republican Party, there is a a struggle between the more populist America first pro-Trump wing of the party and the establishment wing of the party. Uh, President Trump's endorsement of Dr. Oz is very, very controversial. Uh, I will not criticize President Trump when I do disagree with him. I owe him my life. I wanted him to be president for, you know, almost 20 years before he decided to run. I think he still goes down as one of the greatest and most consequential presidents in history. And that's even if he doesn't get another term, which I still think is entirely possible. Uh, But the president has a great deal on the line. Now, John, as you know, he won a sweeping victory in Ohio in the Senate contest for J.D. Vance in a similarly contested primary Here, the burden of Dr. Oz is a little heavier. Oz has a record of being pro-abortion, of being uh, against Second Amendment gun rights, of countenancing this transgendered nonsense uh, that is uh, being taught to our school children. Uh, He says he's a changed man. The president has huge clout at the grassroots. His endorsement is very, very potent. Uh, He is facing two opponents. One of them, a fellow named David McCormick, a billionaire hedge fund manager who did, in fact, make a lot of his money in China. Uh, And uh, a a black woman activist, conservative activist named Kathy Barnett, who interestingly, John, although she doesn't have the money for television, seems to be having a late surge. In other words, as the two guys with money slam each other with negatives, the voters hate that. They're tired of the negative personal attacks. Uh, And in this case, her candidacy has actually gotten a second look because she's trying to run a positive campaign. Uh, we have also uh, uh, races coming up in Nebraska and West Virginia. Any predictions there? Because We have about a minute left. Uh, actually, the place I think you need to look is Oklahoma, where both U.S. Senate races are up. Jackson Lawmire versus uh, James Langford and a big open field for the seat of James Inhofe. Those will be the most exciting, determinative races, and they're just around the corner. John, it's always great to be with you. Well, thank you so much, uh, Roger Stone, and, uh, and we'll catch up again real soon. God bless you. Thanks.
Well, that was an interesting discussion you had with uh, Roger Stone. Now on the line, we'll be speaking with Reverend Al Cockfield. He's a COO at God's Battalion of Prayer Ministries in Brooklyn, and he's trying to get New York back on track along with Mayor Eric Adams. Reverend Cockfield, how are you? Wonderful. How are you today? We are doing well. We're tired of the violence, right? We're, we're sick of the violence. We want our city back. Uh, what what's uh, what are, what are you thinking? How can we do this? Because we we are all in this together, regardless if we're Democrat, Democrat, Republican, Independent. We all just want a safer and better New York. We all need, we all we need and deserve a safer New York, and we need to have make sure we have partners in the legislature, and in the city council, and in the in, in the state uh, executive chamber and the city hall to work together. The problem is we're not working together. When you don't work together, that's what ha- things happen. You have a lot of problems that keep seeping in into our streets. Reverend Tony Carbonetti, how are you? Not as good as you, but I won't complain. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend, I, I was born and raised in New York City. And the, the, the thing that really bothers me is gun crimes. I watched the city go through a horrible time when I was younger. I watched the city get better. And now we're slipping backwards. And it all comes down to guns. We need to get them off the street. We need, there are young kids out there shooting each other. When a 13-year-old and 15-year-old thinks it's okay to end what was in our time a street fight with a gun, we're, we're heading in the wrong direction. Absolutely. And it's, it's very troubling. It's troubling that not only that they would end a, end a fist fight with a gun, but that they look shooting themselves. Right, so when you when when a young man is shooting someone, another black male, he's actually shooting himself, and so that that is a a very high low self esteem, if if you know what I'm saying. They they these people don't understand respect life, understand their future is bright. We have we we live in a country that you could lose everything this year and get it all back in a year or two. We we live in the greatest country in the world. There's so much opportunity here to destroy life. Is not the is not what we should be doing. We should be doing is building each other up and giving each other the opportunity. What, what, what John is doing with the PAL, with the after school stuff. There's so much opportunity for our young black boys and girls to do well. Picking up these guns, it's it's beyond me. I don't understand it. So why are our elected officials not doing something about this? Why are the district attorneys letting them plead these cases out to misdemeanors and well, putting listen, them back on the streets? Is, they're putting them back on the street, yeah. and some are very problematic. So, listen, there was a time years ago that there was a bill they were trying to pass about second chances, which I'm a proponent of. I, I don't disagree with a second, second chance, chance. but, right? but, but you can't have three shots with five yeah. times carrying a gun. That's not a second chance. Right. Yeah. That's not a second chance. And so I was just going to get – I was alluding to that. If you're picking with a gun, you're hurting somebody physically, you don't belong in these streets. You belong behind bars, getting rejuvenated, getting yourself together where you could be safe for yourself and others. Putting them back on the street with the way things are, it's unbelievable. People walking into drugstores and just taking what they want and walking right out, this is lawlessness. Are you sure you're not, not a, you're, you're a Democrat? 
He's a common sense New Yorker. He's a common sense Democrat. You know, that's it. They still exist. Reverend, this is Craig Eaton. I was the Republican chairman in Brooklyn for 10 years. And and I'm reading your bio here about boosting moderate candidates. And I think that's exactly what we need to do here. I think the Democratic Party has gone so far left and and is endorsing and supporting candidates that are so far left. We need to boost moderate candidates in the Democratic Party so that we can change the, the laws. The old-fashioned Democrats yeah, that believe yeah. in law and order, that believe in the civilized yeah. uh, city. And we need and to change the laws. Anarchy. We need to change the laws. Bail reform. We need to change the laws. We need we need Democrats and Republicans. So common sense. Together. We need I, common I, sense. Common sense. Because listen to me. We we have one city, right? Doesn't matter what's your political affiliation. You want to get up in the morning, send your children to school, and want to expect them to come back home. Not they're walking home from school. Someone's going crazy, just like like a, a maniac shooting a gun and taking care of your child. Your child's doing what they're supposed to do. They're going to school, getting educated, and they're on the way back home. They lose their life. This is craziness. We need people in seats that understand that we need a safe streets. We need good education in our schools, whether it's public, parochial, charter. It shouldn't matter. All schools should be able to provide a great education for our children so they don't turn to crime. And so we need people that are, will get in the seats. I have a pack called Striving for Ben New York, and it's for common sense candidates, Republican or Democrat. It doesn't matter. Mm. If you're a common sense, you understand what safety means, public safety means. You understand what education reform means. We're going to support you. Reverend, it's uh, Judge uh, it's Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. I uh, I subscribe to your theory. The strive for a better New York makes absolute sense because what you have in the state legislature is you have the leadership of the state legislature is under the auspices and the control of the left wing of the Democratic Party, which shows no respect to uh, to Mayor Adams when he went up there and started to talk to them about making changes in the bail reform laws and the age limitations and other issues out there, which are frustrating the ability to provide public safety in the city. And the irony and the terrible irony of this is each of those leaders of each of those two houses is is black. And the biggest victims of the crime surge is black and brown young people. So if you care about Black Lives Matter, we have to do something about it. And that legislative leadership has to get up and stand up and do the right thing. What say you, sir? I say, listen... Uh, the Senate Majority Leader, Andrea Stewart Cousins, Speaker Carl Hasty. I know they have candidates, they have members in their legislature that want to do something different. At the end of the day, we send them to Albany to write bills to be able to ha- make sure we have a better New York. This idea to let people do whatever they want to do at any time they want is unbelievable. And we have, we have, we have to see that people dream every single day when they get up. If they can get a visa, that they can come to the United States and come to New York to be able to pursue the American dream all over the world. And I travel extensively. When people hear you from New York, they just want to get here. But the way we have a city, the way we have our state now, it's not just New York. It's upstate, too. Syracuse, the shootings are crazy. Rochester. It's unbelievable what's happening in our state. A state where billionaires are made, millionaires are made because people work hard every single day to get better for themselves. And to have this crime out of control... We need to get it under control, and we need partners in the legislature, and that's why my PAC is there to help support, get moderate Democrats and Republicans back in the seats to get power. Well, uh, thank you, Reverend Al uh, uh, Corkfield, and um, 
God bless you, and you're doing the right thing for our city. And uh, whatever help you need from us, we'll be there with you. Well, I just week. wanted to ask him, Reverend Cockfield, what can we do? What can we do to wake people up that we need to focus more on the black and brown victims, the victims of New York, and feel empathy for them rather than the suspects? What can we do? We could do a number of things. We could give support to our mayor. We could support PACs that are really focused on candidates. And we could tell our legislators, we need to put fire on them. This, this year is a primary. If you don't like what's happening in our streets, you need to vote with your feet. You need to show up at the polls and make sure you put moderate Democrats and Republicans in the seats and they can make sure that we have safer streets in New York State. All right. Well, thank you so much, Reverend Cockfield. Thank you and welcome back to Cats at Night anytime, sir. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, John. Thank you, Greg. Everybody have a good afternoon. God bless. Thank you. Uh, let's take a break and when we come back, we're going to come back with Bert Flickinger to talk, talk to us about inflation, the price of uh, uh, of Oreo cookies? I don't know. Whatever. How about, how about baby formula, John? Baby formula. Let's take that break. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. You see, common sense Democrats do exist outside of this studio. Can you believe that? Because we have one here and we have uh, David Patterson usually. So, yes, they do exist. They're like that unicorn right here in New York City. On the line with us right now, we have Burt Flickinger. He is uh, basically an expert when it comes to retail, when it comes to inflation, when it comes to pricing, consumer goods. Burt Flickinger, what the heck is going on uh, specifically when it comes to this baby formula shortage? I know our producer was telling us that his granddaughter is just four bottles away from being out of formula. We're hearing about this crisis all over the country. Can you explain what's happening? Lydia, you're in the judge's good point before the break. This is a worldwide crisis that goes from Australia to America with a big stop in mainland China. It involves crime. It involves uh, corruption. It involves uh, oligopolies. And your producer's good point. Uh, demand, which is increasing 9.8% a year, is uh, far outstripping supply. And then with Abbott, the big uh, manufacturer of Similac in Sturgis, Michigan, Having a plant shut down, which from uh, my historical experience, it's going to take a year or maybe maybe several years. This did the Wyeth plant in Vermont in the 1990s to get back online. So your producer with four bottles left, uh, everyone should stop on her or his way home to buy your producer bottles because this is going to be a crisis of unprecedented proportion, not for days or months, but potentially for years. Wow. Uh- there's so many problems out there, uh, Bert. Uh, where do you want to begin? I understand uh, prices are still going up, uh, that uh, there's been announcements uh, uh, that there'll be significant price rises in, in, in Nabisco, Goya, et cetera, in the next uh, 60 days or the next 35, 45 days. John, John it, it starts as you and Lydia and team have reported well with uh, cor- corruption and lack of uh, food food safety supply in communist China. Vanessa um, O'Connell and her good team at Reuters uh, reported that through uncontrolled disease and poor stewardship, 150 plus of the 300 million pigs in China um, uh, got killed and dumped in the rivers. But it got worse for children uh, because the baby food manufacturers literally put Confederate materials that were uh, injuring and killing babies. So with our work with Pack and Save uh, in New Zealand, the highest volume retailer in New Zealand, John, this is not an overstatement. 
half a million to a million and a half dollars per store per week was people coming over from communist China and buying baby formula and baby powder in New Zealand and shipping it over to China. That's where the shortage started. And John, to your uh, great points on prices, I checked with my friends at Pack and Save in Auckland, New Zealand to prepare for this interview. A pound of Mead Johnson uh, baby baby, uh, formula in New Zealand today is $129 per pound and going higher. And that is going to spread worldwide. With the price of gasoline, the price of milk, now the price of formula, how's the regular American supposed to survive? Lydia, you're asking the key question as usual because one would hope the government would be more enlightened. So we have the Women, Infant, Children Nutrition Program that John's, Gristidis, and Red Apple stores uh, support superbly. But there are only two major manufacturers on, on that uh, WIC program. And uh, one, one of them is Abbott Labs with Similac, which has the most brands, and that's being shut down uh, through the recall. So you really only only have uh, Mead Johnson with Infamil. And I think we really, this is a serious point. We really need to authorize the great uh, dairy cooperatives and baby formula suppliers who are the best in the world in NZ or New Zealand and Australia to give them export licenses uh, to the U.S. to mitigate the crisis and start shipping through John's stores and other stores across America. Well, I guess it's a good thing men can be women, right? We can start milking them too, right? No? Was that too not, soon? That's not happening. That's too that, soon? That's not happening. Bert Flickinger, that is such a common sense approach, yet Biden hasn't even addressed it. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't even know what to well, say lady, anymore. Did lady, you listen lady, to... The uh, worst, worst part, part is with the shutdown of the Wyeth plant in Vermont, which is a single site plant for the entire USA, we're down to three, really only two major brand manufacturers in the U.S. And there are a number of great ones uh, like Group Denal or Group Dannon. Uh, that that would be uh, fantastic. Nestle could expand uh, quite significantly. Uh, Bear, uh, which has a fantastic uh, baby formula division uh, in the international region, there are a number of major manufacturers that could fill the gap. But because of lobbying and, and corruption, Bert, tell and, us the, sh- the the reason for the shutdown. Reason for the shutdown is uh, because of uh, microbiotic reported contamination in the Sturgis, Michigan plant. And with that, uh, there are allegations from a whistleblower of not proper cleaning. Uh, the whistleblower may have been separated from the company. So, uh, in fair, uh, to be well, fair, I, I, I know with, uh, really have to look at both with factories that make, that make uh, medicines, they just shut it down, they fumigate it, and then five days later, it's up and running. Yeah, and, and that is completely correct. The issue in the Wyeth plan is they kept it shut down for years, and our concern uh, with the Abbott uh, Similac plant in Sturgis, Michigan, uh, it could, could be uh, hundreds of days and poss- possibly years uh, be- because between the FDA and OSHA and everything you're very familiar with, uh, yeah. the bureaucracy is backbreaking. Well, Burns, it's Richard Weinberger. So what's the answer to have a strategic plan to cut through the, the red tape and start getting production rolling quicker? Is that what we could do? Hey, absolutely, exactly. As you, you synthesized it so well, Judge. And it's uh, letting these uh, global manufacturers have entry into the U.S. market and not being uh, lobbied in, into oblivion and left offshore uh, because uh, Mead Johnson 
and um, Abbott Abbott Labs uh, and and um, uh, division of Perico, which is PBM Nutrition or Parents Choice Walmart's primary brand. Uh, they have oligopolies and uh, the manufacturers with the best size, scale, and skill uh, from New Zealand to Europe can't get into the U.S. market. What's our government doing to help with this problem? Anything? No. On a, on a the, the White House. I mean, the, they don't have a clue. Mind. What are they doing? I mean, someone needs to wake up our government. They're doing nothing. It's, the it's country Putin, is falling COVID, in. and Trump's fault. Anytime Everything, anything yeah, goes anything. wrong, it's Putin now. COVID. We have a, Bert, we have a minute left. Anything else you want to tell the American people? Uh, ba- ba- babies, babies are lit- literally going to be starving within days because of your producer. And at the great prior point, what's the government doing on a scale of zero to ten? The government's a minus one. So wow. we really need common sense lobbying uh, both sides of the aisle to let the international producers into this market. Uh, because otherwise, uh, babies uh, will, will have new. Is that going to be the headline? And worse, the thousands yeah. and thousands of babies are going to be dying now. Bert? I, I hope nutritional risk and potentially worse. Yes. Well, babies can't even switch formula, so it's not like oh, that brand is in because you switch the formula, you upset their tummy, you can cause some digestive issues. And there's a lot of women. Oh, well, why don't you just breastfeed? Some women can't breastfeed. Some women don't produce exactly. enough milk. It's not nutrient dense enough. So this is a crisis. This is, and the fact right. that the Biden administration is not even mentioning it is uh, not shocking. Uh, we got to take a break. Hey, Bert, and Bert. John's good friends in New Zealand in the food business are ready, willing, and able to help to solve this quite quickly. Well, thank you, Bert. Bert Flickinger, thank you so much for bringing all New Yorkers, all Americans up to date, and we'll catch up again real soon. Uh, let's stay tuned. And the market, what a roller coaster. Who do we blame? Well, we got Charlie Gasparino on next, and he'll let us know what's going on with the markets. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase possess or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats and Night Show. While we wait for Charlie Gasparino, we can talk about the inflation solution uh, President Biden proposed today. Oh, that's right. He didn't propose a solution. You must he have just... been listening to the wrong... The wrong... <laughs> <laughs> telecast because i didn't see any solutions no solutions anybody he here wants see a to... solution i didn't see any where solutions. have you ever heard that you pump more money into uh like that's the cause of the problem the inflation is that there is so much money pouring in i mean this is this is not the, the solution of the united states Senate says raise taxes that'll be the cure for inflation they've officially put my daughters in charge of the economy <laughs> you mean they can't do arithmetic just give me more money Give more money. So they blame three things. Uh, Biden, his people, whatever, his earpiece, whatever was saying in his ear. Uh, Trump, they said the prior administration, they left us with a huge deficit. They, of course, blamed COVID. And then now the new full, the, the fail safe plan is Putin. Yeah, what they should do is they should listen to John's advice that he gives all day long to anybody who will listen, which is increase the production of oil. And that well, will do what, open, John? Listen, I, I'm tired of my – I'm getting a sore throat from just <laughs> saying it. If you open up uh, North America, 
the price of oil will come down from $100 a barrel back to 55 60 and, and, we'll, and you get rid of inflation without raising interest rates and, and, and putting the real estate business at them. We're in the year 2022. Can you believe this, that milk is almost too expensive to buy for the average American family? Gasoline in the Bronx is almost $5 a gallon. You can't buy formula anywhere. This is not good. And for anybody to say Biden is doing a good job, what was it, 27%? So I, I saw that poll. I said, who are these people in this 27 28% who think he's doing a good job? Hunter and his friends, oligarchs? I think they meant 27 people, Judge. I think that's what they were talking about, <laughs> 27 the, people around the Hun- country. Hunter Biden. And then but, the other big story is Black Lives Matter. Uh, they admit, the founder admitted basically that they're using the mansions. BLM now stands for buys large mansions, that they've been using it for parties. And they're not using and it Obama to help. Fu- oh, hold on. Don't forget Obama fundraisers. Oh, yes. How about you? What do you think, Craig Eaton? Are you surprised by that news? You know, we, we, look, getting back to finance, we need to reverse the, the tide that we're in right now. And, and I was talking to some bankers today, and they were they were claiming that the Fed is making big mistakes with raising these interest rates the way they are so quickly. And well, all we have to do is lower the price of oil the or raise oil. interest rates. Take but, your choice. But, but I think they keep raising the interest rates to try and fix it when you, you great, give a great solution here and no one, no one listens. And nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. And in the meantime, we're giving billions of dollars to Ukraine. Like, I feel bad for the people over there, but we've got our own problems. What, do you, what say now, you, Where does these billions of dollars come from? I don't know. They're, they're just printing. They just printed. Who do you think is going to uh, do the reconstruction when it's all over? We're yeah. paying for at least half of that. Guaranteed. But when when he finally goes away and they, they assess the damage, half of that is coming out of us. By the way, did you see how Putin looked on Victory Day yesterday? He looked so totally bloated. And that look, I, and sadly, I've seen before. It's somebody who's on steroids, prednisone, during chemotherapy. He is not a well guy. He looked a little fatigued. He had that p- bloated, puffy face. I don't think it's fillers. I don't think it's Botox. But you said, Judge Weinberg, that the guy... Or the guy his, next to him, the guy next to him, the second in command, who's going to take over if, during the surgery, and maybe if he if he dies, is even worse than Putin. That's the story on him. That's very scary. You know, it's the perfect storm right now. We have the war over there. We have the interest rates, mortgage rates going up, interest rates going up. The stock market is in trouble. Where are we going? Well, the good news is President Trump could get back on Twitter. That's according to Elon Musk. <laughs> now, the question you posed, Sony Carbonetti. No, I think that's Elon. Offering an olive branch to the Democrats. Oh, that's got, what he's doing. Uh, we got Charlie Gasparino on the line. He was probably busy trying to figure out who those 27% people are that actually approve of the way Biden is handling the economy. Hey, Charlie. Twenty-seven. That's pretty high, isn't it? That's what we said. <laughs> we want to know who they are. We're going to their house, Charlie. We're protesting. You know, he could be three times more divisive if he didn't stumble over every other word. I know, you know he's that, hard to listen to. He's just and, and devices that nasty and mean and you know, he's talking down to people and the MAGA crowd. I mean he's you know, people talked about Donald being nasty. He's Donald was mostly nasty with people that attacked him. He just attacks other people. It's really quite frightening to have a president like this and to be someone who's kind of lost it. I don't know, did you did uh, I hate to say this because I'm not his shrink and I'm not his doctor, but he just doesn't seem all there. And, and then he, <laughs> he just walked away from the reporters when the questions got too tough today. He's like a crotchety yeah. old man that a kid hits his baseball in the yard. He says, I'm going to keep this. He's a Walter Matthau of presidents. That's what he is. Yeah, he's, he's a real good one. But 
not a true. That's the scary thing. I mean, you know, listen, I was critical of Donald when I had to be. First off, I want to say this, that just about everything he said today, every other sort of explanation he gave for inflation was kind of a lie. You know, it's, his thing about how he created all these jobs. I mean, he didn't create these jobs. Let's be real clear. These jobs were being created the minute you developed the vaccine, which he didn't create, which the, the guy before him created, by the way. Um, so the minute you got a, an effective vaccine and, you know, the pandemic was over, that was a huge stimulus. Businesses were coming back. It has nothing to do with him and the taxes he raised and the money he spent. Uh, he actually hurt things because he uh, paid people to stay home. That's one of the reasons right. why we have inflation. Point. I mean, just, it, was, it was really sort of a... Just a lie upon a lie upon a lie. And I, I, I like to see those vaunted fact checkers at the Washington Post have at this because it was really quite a an astounding performance. I mean, listen, I I guess if you you know if you're fighting for survival, which the Democrats are with the 2020 midterms, and you know you know you gotta you gotta you know blow some smoke. But this was at another level. And then he's so nasty about what he wants to do, and anybody that criticizes him. Uh, you know, Tim Scott is right. Maybe he should just go. I mean, how can you? You know, we're in a war almost. We're in a cold war, obviously. And it's getting you know, serious, sir, Charlie. It's getting this serious. serious. This is a serious thing. Is he incapacitated? I mean, is he that obtuse that he doesn't understand that inflation came not because of inflation was here before the Ukrainian, the, the conflict between Russia and Ukraine? Uh, it was. It was be, he, he, Democrats warned him about it, including Larry Summers and a lot more Democratic uh, uh, economists. And, you know, it just, it, this whole thing is a lie. And the MAGA people, I mean, what, what is he like kidding me? What is a MAGA person? Yeah, the I most mean, extreme happens. political organization. I mean, forget about the Nazis and Al Qaeda and, and BLM and Antifa. Yeah, no, it's um, ultra MAGA. But, Charlie, this is Craig Eaton. You say that he should just go. The bigger fear I have, if he goes, who are we left with? That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, but he at least, you know, yeah, I mean, Kamala Harris is is, is a disaster as well. But I I don't think she's mentally infirm, though. That's true. She's just mentally limited. (laughs) But so is he. I don't know what's worse, mentally infirm or mentally limited. What did Barack Obama say about uh, Biden? Don't underestimate his ability to, to F things up. And didn't Bob Gates you know, say something similar? You know, one of the problems the Democrats have is I don't think they have anybody for the next election. Hillary. Oprah is, okay, so let's go through it. Oprah, is she going to run? No. I, I no. Michelle? Michelle? No. She'd be a lousy candidate, too. Yes, it's Hillary. Oh, yes. It, it, it almost leaves it right oh. in Hillary's lap that she might be the only other person that can. That well, can I don't run. think there is any other. Dumb yep. I think if you twist her arm, she might run. What? No. If you twist it could her arm, it. it could be okay. a rematch. Round two. Okay. Round two. Yeah, yeah but the reason that Democrats do not have do not have a bench. They have no bench at all. I mean, two Pete Buttigieg. Give me a break. But I mean, you know, you know, I. Schumer. So she runs. I'm joking. You know, I bet you Donald could probably beat her. I don't know if he could beat. Like other people, but he could beat Hillary because she's she's bad. she's got more baggage than he does. You know, I think the Democrats have to have some buyer's remorse here. They have to sit back and say, "What did we do?" I mean, the country is just going backwards. Well, they were going to lose. They were going to lose if they picked any of the other ones. Uh, Bernie Sanders was, wasn't going to win. What the, what? And uh, and they got so lucky that Trump just you know just imploded with his personality.
I mean, yeah. he, the first debate he should have let Biden be Biden, and he would have won. I know the pandemic was just the worst thing for Donald yes. because he just had no clue how to handle it. And, you know, he was fighting with Fauci, and plus he had like a, the entire media establishment against him, so it was that's you know, exactly like the right. Lift. But every Republican does. Uh, but he just like fed, you know, his instincts, which is fight, fight, fight. Um, fed into the narrative that he was that he was ill-equipped to do the job. Even though, if you think about it, one th- the thing that he did that got us that, that created the economic sort of boom that came right after—not what we have now, but right after uh, when, when Biden got elected—was the fact that this, the country was reopening because of, of the uh, vaccines that he created. So, um, you know, he absolutely deserves credit for that. One hundred percent. On paper, Donald Trump was a very good president. His, but he, his image, you know, got got slaughtered, and then January six was nothing to to write home about either. But you know, on paper, he was such a much better president. But I wonder, like, if he ran against Hillary, would people really vote for Hillary Clinton this time around? No, I don't think so. But he's got to give up on the twenty twenty election. He's got to just focus on what well, he accomplished right, in twenty twenty four. Because that's if he what? still harps on what happened, no in one tw- votes it was, for someone it was stolen from me and everything else. It's not going to work. I know he he's why we have Warnock in, in Georgia. Work. Listen, the reason the country's in trouble is because the Democrats control the United States Senate, and the United States House of Representatives, and there was no reason to lose both those seats in Georgia. Yeah. And that I'd lay that on on Trump. That was definitely Trump. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we get one of them back, uh, or the Republican. Or Mitch McConnell. Well, John, you and I have that debate. My my. My voice was loud and clear. That's on Trump because he couldn't give up his allegations about the fraud. He should have concentrated on winning those two seats. So, Charlie Gasparino, we got inflation of what, 8.5%? How bad is it going to get? That's bad enough. I mean, let's just say it stays at 8.5%. The Fed still has to keep raising interest rates to get it down. That's going to hurt the economy, and that's that's going to hurt the market. It's going to terminate the real estate industry. Well, you know, and here's the other thing. Um, if the Fed doesn't raise rates, bond traders are going to raise rates. They're literally going to sell the, the long bond, and they're going to say because inflation is too high, and that's what they'll do. The only reason why the long bond not selling off more right now is because people think the Fed's at least taking some action to unwind its balance sheet and deal with inflation. But if that doesn't happen, the, the bond market will take it into its own, take it into account and do its own thing. Charlie Gasparino, thank you for your input, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. You got it, John. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, let's take a break now, and uh, and we'll see who we have next. I think we have Governor Pataki wants to call in and, and give us his opinion of what the heck is going on in the governor's race. It's a common-sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. Now on the line for us is New York Governor Pataki. I wish you were running again. Maybe we can get him to run for president. Uh, one, for one more time. What, or governor. Or I mean, I know we're going to talk to you about the governor's race, but are you sure you don't want to run again? If only. Yeah, if yeah, only. I'm happy. You know, I, I, I have to say I'm not happy with the direction of the state. Uh, but personally, I'm happy. And it's, it's time for someone else to lead New York in a new direction. Uh, give us your analysis of, uh, of where you think we are in the Republican uh, gubernatorial election and the Democratic. Well, uh, John, I'll tell you, for the first time in some time, I think the Republicans really have an excellent chance this year. I think there are two things that have come together. You need three. But so far, we've got two as a Republican. One is that uh, the state is 
going in the wrong direction. I don't think there's anybody who doubts it. Crime is out of control. People are leaving the state. The schools are, are beginning to fall apart on Long Island. You can't pay the property taxes. So I think the time is right for uh, an argument that we need to change this state's direction. The second thing is, at the moment, we have a weak governor. You know, Andrew Cuomo was forced out in disgrace, creating this void. And Governor Hochul made a terrible mistake in picking the wrong person for uh, lieutenant governor. And that's been an absolute shambles. And one of the first things was signing the unconstitutional district. So I think uh, we have a state headed in the wrong direction and a governor who is vulnerable um, on the record she's had so far. The third piece you need is a good Republican candidate. And we have a number of people out there. You know, I think uh, um, for the first time, uh, we have a credible candidates running in a, uh, in a primary, any one of whom I think could win the general. Understood. Um, what do you think about Cuomo running as an independent? There is that talk, and it's getting louder and uh, louder. Lydia, Lydia, I think that would be the best thing that ever happened in this state because he'd get crushed. Uh, and in the process, and then we win. guarantee a Republican victory. Uh, there, there, no one would support Andrew except hardcore partisan Democrats. I mean, you look at the polling, and, and he is the most unpopular political figure in New York State. And that's saying something. And that's so I just pray that Andrew Cuomo decides to jump in the race. Uh, it, it will threaten it. He'll posture. But he knows the numbers. He knows he would be embarrassed horribly. So at the end, I don't think he does. It. You know, Governor, this is Craig Eaton. Good to talk to you as always. But uh, I mean, this is an opportunity for us here because Andrew Cuomo, the type of person he is, he would jump in the race just to ensure that Kathy Hochul doesn't win. So, Craig, I hope you're right. We, we you should know, we should be right. we should be trying to develop right. a relationship. The Republican Party should be developing a relationship <laughs> with Andrew Cuomo to make sure he jumps in can this I race. Sign a, Governor, it's Tony <laughs> Cardinale. Get, get him some can, fake can I sign his petition <laughs> as an independent? <laughs> I, I'm a registered Republican. Can I sign an independent petition? Yeah, um, actually, I don't know the answer to that. I think you can. Uh, independent, I don't think you need to be registered. Uh, you know, there's no independent party. There's an independence party, but I think I think you could. Let's start uh, and, signing for him. We'll, we'll draft him. We'll draft him. I think we draft Andrew Cuomo for the independent line to run Let's for Who's more unpopular, Hillary Clinton or Governor Cuomo? Let's do it. Who's more unpopular in New York, Clint, Hillary Clinton or Governor Cuomo? Let me, let me, let me throw a little cold water on you and try to be positive. You know, Sophie's Craig, choice. This is an opportunity for Republicans. I think it's an opportunity for New York State. Yes. We've yes, been headed yes. the wrong direction for so long. That people, Democrats know it, independents know it, conservatives know it, liberals know it. So we nominate a good candidate. And it's an opportunity not just for the party, but it's one of the last opportunities for New York State to get its act together. And instead of being a national embarrassment, be a state where people want to live again. That's good what we point. Good point, Governor. Great point, Governor. Well, thank you, Governor Pataki, for coming on. And uh, we're at the end of another show. And uh, uh, thank you, Judge Weinberg, uh, Craig Eaton, and uh, Tony Carbonetti. And Thank the you, chief, Jeff. and Lydia Serrani, and uh, now what is this? Truth, justice, justice and the American, American way. way. You are Superman. Well, no, the show is uh, really super. Well, God bless New York, <laughs> and God bless America, and, 
and God bless. Uh- this is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 